Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper, episode 81 of our 24-minute recaps. Shout out, 81-point game. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on all platforms at YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. And of course, to subscribe on Apple Podcasts as well. So for tonight's episode, keeping it short. Clippers and the Pelicans, the Clippers falling again in New Orleans by a hefty margin yet again, 103 to 120 tonight without Kawhi Leonard, Pat, no, Patrick Beverly and Serge Ibaka and Luke Kennard. But we did have Rondo and we still should have played better than that. I thought that it was a pretty pathetic performance from the get-go. I think, though, in fairness to the Clippers, we've been playing such good basketball lately and winning so many games shorthanded that a performance, an off night, was bound to happen soon. I think we won, what was it, 17 of our last 20 games recently. So we've been in the major win column lately. You know, at Portland, um, beating Phoenix, just at Indiana. So we haven't had, you know, too many... uh, To be honest, we have taken advantage of a fairly light schedule looking at it. Uh, retrospectively, but we haven't had any slip-ups. We've, we've blown teams out for the most part. Um, but tonight, we got blown out. And we couldn't... We played this weird, fake zone in the beginning of the game. Like, I couldn't tell what kind of zone we were playing, just a matchup zone. But when you play a zone, you need to be able to build a wall and keep teams out the paint. And we, did, we didn't do that. Zion was basically taking guys one-on-one. And when you're not actually playing, like, a real zone... Or it didn't look like a real zone to me. Because... Reggie Jackson's just picking up Zion one-on-one, basically, at the perimeter. And he's just, okay, one in and out, and he's by him. It's like, Reggie's intimidated. He's not going to try to get in front of him. He's going to try to let him go into help, but the help's not there. So I thought that our defense was just weak in the first quarter. The Pels scored 33 points, and 20 points was only scored. um, 20 points by the Clippers were scored in that first quarter. I just thought that Paul George and Sr., didn't bring it tonight at all. I think they were very poor. I think that we just got easily discouraged by the fact that we had a solid amount of good looks. I think the Pelicans did make it tight for us. I mean, tough for us. They, you know, they're a very athletic team. You know, Zion, Ingram, Lonzo, Bledsoe. You know, Lonzo's like a six-seven, six-six point guard with length. Eric Bledsoe's extremely athletic and a good defender. Brandon Ingram's got a long wingspan, really, you know, tall. Lanky guy, and Zion is strong, but he's not a great defender. But overall, you know, we were a little, I thought we were a little static. I thought we got some good looks, but Marcus Morris Sr. and Paul George, you know, they missed a lot of open looks. Marcus Morris Sr., 6 of 17 from the field and 3 of 10 from 3. He's been really good lately, and he's been amazing this season. You guys know we talk about it all the time. But against the Pelicans this season, for whatever reason, he has been pretty garbage. 0 of 5 when we've lost to the Pelicans by 20 on the 14th of March. 
So he's just struggled against them. Thank God that we won't see them in the playoffs probably. And thank God we won't see them for the rest of the season. But Marcus Morris Sr. wasn't doing well enough for me. Paul George only played 25 minutes. I thought that he got easily discouraged again because he wasn't getting many calls, going up a little soft. And I just thought that overall we just got discouraged by the fact that we weren't hitting our threes. And that's my one problem with our team. I know I liked how we went to Boogie, though, in that second quarter, and he was dominating in the post. You know, I love to see that. My only thing was we didn't have any form of consistent offense at all. We couldn't get too many consistent stops, but we couldn't get consistent buckets. I thought that Rondo did a decent job of getting guys good looks, but we just didn't capitalize on those open threes. I mean, Paul George, one of six. Reggie Jackson, one of three. You know, Patrick Patterson, one of six. Nick Batum didn't play enough. Only 14 minutes, and he was one of three. We missed a lot of his cutting tonight. You know, I thought that we, for the rest of the game, we were neck to neck with the Pels. You know, we only got outscored by four the rest of the game. But my thing was this. We go to Boogie in the post. We go to Paul George in the post or in the mid, mid-range mid area, and we just got guys standing on the perimeter, you know, the angles to pass the ball, you, you can get guys playing two guys a lot easier when guys aren't cutting. Their head is not on a swivel. They're, they're just, you know, in the middle of ball and man. And in this case, two men when they're on the perimeter like that. You know, you got to move without the ball, Batum, so make guys go with you. And it makes passes harder. The amount of deflections they got also was the reason we didn't get into any offensive stuff. 20, I'm sorry, 18 turnovers for the Clippers tonight. Four from Paul, three from Terrence, three from Zoo, who I thought was just eh tonight. We didn't offer much resistance at the rim at all. I thought that Boogie, as good as he was offensively on defense, at times he just didn't want to go up. And I thought that overall our energy just wasn't great in this game. And I thought you got to give credit to the Pels. They were hitting everything. I mean, Zion, he, he didn't even have to do too much in the second half. 23 points, 8 of 11 from the field for him. He was getting whatever he wanted against us. And for the second straight game that we played him, he was the best player on the court. Ingram, 17.7 boards, 5 assists. Lonzo, 18 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals on 7 of 14 from the field. Eric Bledsoe, 18 points, 6 of 13. And yeah, 6 of 13 from the field, so very efficient. 1 of 4 from 3. They didn't even shoot. Oh, actually, they did shoot pretty well from 3, honestly, New Orleans. 15 of 29. The thing is, they didn't overdo it. They don't shoot too many threes. They don't have the great greatest spacing. But you guys, you had guys like Wenyan Gabriel, who I think Brian Seaman said he came into the game having only made two threes or three threes all season. He made two threes tonight. So it was just their night. It was not ours. It's nothing to be too concerned about because obviously we're not we don't have our best player. We don't have Sergio Baca, we don't have Pat Bev. It's not too big a deal. It happens. We'd kill the Pelicans in a seven game series. We won't be playing them in the playoffs. My only concern is the one thing with the Clippers, we're a jump shooting team, and it's just gonna be key that we continue to get good looks even when the three's not falling. I think that 14 of 45 is unacceptable. That's too many threes. Half of our shots are threes when the threes aren't going in. I don't care how open they are. That's ridiculous because we didn't miss one free throw. 17 of 17, but that's just modern basketball in a nutshell for you. I know we're the best three-point shooting team of all time percentage-wise, but you know what? That's not going to matter in the playoffs when we lose if we continue to just shoot threes when we are not hitting from the outside. But the reason why you cannot panic is because we've been playing so well and Kawhi did not play and he is ultimately going to be the one that has to take us over the promised land or to the promised land. I know it's Paul George that is the guy that, you know, is the question mark that everybody's talking about. But Kawhi ultimately, you know, we needed him for one game. We needed him to close it out. You know, besides game five last year, he didn't bring the juice. 
He needs to be the one that gets us over the hump. He needs to have that expectation for holding him to the standards of other greats at the small forward position. But um, let's move on. I didn't watch any other games today, but I wanted to say that I am happy that the Clippers are right in that midst of that second seed now. Freaking Chris, though, tonight with a big dagger. He is a great dagger guy, but again, I don't want him taking my game-winning or game-tying shot because besides those two in the playoffs uh, that I was at, San Antonio and Memphis, the amount of, he missed a lot more than he made. Uh, classic example, 2014, Game 5 against OKC. But anyway... And then late game 2014, game one against Golden State. But uh, I could talk about Chris's time with the Clippers all day long. Fact of the matter is he's still clutch. He still takes over games. And he made the big shot tonight against the Knicks, who have been fantastic. And as I, guys, I'll take my L. I said the Knicks are going to be the worst team in the East this year. I will take my full-fledged L, and I'm happy to take it because the Knicks have just been awesome. It was so funny. I always say it, but, you know. Lucas in the fifth episode, New York State of Mind, was talking about all this optimism. I'm like, all right, I mean, we'll see. Probably going to be like a 13 seed again. It's really just all been about Julius Randle. I know the rest of the guys and Coach Tibbs. It's mostly been about Coach Tibbs, but Julius Randle, you need a player in this sport to, to get the job done and to lead you. And Julius Randle has been nothing short of incredible for the Knicks. I also think, so let's go, but a good one for the Suns, I guess. You know, to break the Knicks' winning streak. The Clippers are right there, though, on their tails. And I have a feeling we're going to catch them um, for that second seed. But the Lakers, I did catch a little bit of their game. This was Anthony Davis' second best, second game back, if I'm not mistaken, right? He came back last game against Dallas. And I thought I saw that he did a little bit better tonight. I saw him make two shots late in the game. But I heard that the Lakers were sloppy uh, tonight and... Kept the magic in the game, even though they had a big lead. You know, they got. I'm looking at the uh, the scores right now. They were outscored 40 to 22 in the second quarter. I heard that Drummond has been getting cooked in pick and roll, taking no man's land position and uh, helping, but not really helping. Not doing anything to affect the pass, put pressure on the ball handler, just standing in no man's land. And you know, again, when the thing about the Lakers is, you've plugged in so many players this season and plugged in and out and. Players are been in and out of the lineup with injuries. It's hard to keep that consistent rhythm. That's why I always say I really do believe that your record does indicate how good you are more often than not. In the modern NBA, less and less. But, you know, even in the modern NBA, I mean, what? The Lakers were the first seed last year, and they won the championship. So, you know... <laughs> I think that the Lakers, I'm not saying that they're the fifth best team in the West or anything like that, but I'm just saying that this season, they've been the fifth best team. This playoffs, though, may be different than the season because they haven't been healthy the whole season. And if they were, they'd have a different record right now. But it's a good win. Dennis Schroeder, I heard, was really tough tonight. You know, I heard that he made big plays down the stretch. And Dennis has been very good this season. Just sometimes he can be a little impatient. Sometimes he can rush things. But... Dennis has been great for the most part this season. Um, let's just look at the box scores to the Lakers, see if I can pick up anything. 18 points, 8 of 15 for Anthony Davis. That's better, and 31 minutes played. Kuzma shooting efficiently is good. 14 points, 7 boards, a plus 17. Dennis Schroeder, 21 points, 10 assists, 10 of 18 from the field, and 21 points. And Montrader with 18 off the bench. So solid all-around performance, 54% from the field, shooting the ball for the Lakers. So not bad. And the Lakers have to take advantage of a slightly easy schedule coming up before LeBron can really come back. However, 
the Wizards are not the easy schedule anymore because they've been on an absolute tear. Shout out to Westbrook. He's really put the team on his back. I started get, You can go back to my recaps. Again, I'll admit when I take my L's. I was saying that they were pretty much done. I lost hope in them. And Westbrook and Beal, especially Westbrook, have really take, put this team on his back and prove that like I'm going to get to the play-in game. And I love that about Westbrook. He does not give up. It shows that in the beginning of the season, he just wasn't 100%. But thanks for joining me tonight, guys. I'm going to end it with a half recap. And we're going to go to the live subscribers. Clipper fans, don't worry. Hopefully, we get Kawhi back for the next game. I mean, this load management stuff has gone ridiculous. I just think that we've done a good job of getting over it. But when you lose, it magnifies that times a lot. So get back on the court, Kawhi. Come on, Ty Lue and them. I know, like, let him play. We got like eight or nine games left. Let's see. Let's look at our record right now. The Clippers. So, yeah, San Antonio, big win against Washington tonight in overtime. I saw that DeRozan made a nice go-ahead shot. You like to see that. So we got nine games left this season. Nine. That's nothing, ladies and gentlemen. So Kawhi should play. I think we should just full-on just throw the whole squad out there these last nine games if we can. Because, look, Beverly and Ibaka, I, we need Ibaka for certain things in the playoffs. Beverly, though, he's got to be walking on a tight leash when he comes back because he's not been a part of this team like that this season. Anyway, you may dislike me for saying that, but I think it's the truth. I think that I'd rather have an in-rhythm Reggie, uh, unless he starts screwing up, then we can adjust. But going into it, I would rather go in with the mindset that we're getting more Reggie than Bev because as great as I like Bev's defense, I don't know. He's just... Mm, we'll see. I do like... I don't know. Bev does... I do like Bev a lot more than Reggie, but Reggie has just been so great this season. Anyway, that's it for me tonight, guys. Peace out, and now to the live subscribers.